Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. We are doing top 10, what do we like to call them? It's not defensive ends because you got the stand-up linebackers. The new hip term is edge defenders. We're going to do top 10 edge defenders, and we are going to do top 10 defensive tackles. And then we are going to talk Philadelphia Eagles football because, let's be honest, we're a month away from training camp here. I want to start highlighting more in detail. I mean, I know we've talked about it, but I mean, I want to start going over more of what we can expect in training camp, more position battles, and players that I'm starting to think really stand a shot. Because a lot of times with these battles for positions, it's already predetermined by your contract. Well, we now have all the details on every contract with the Eagles. So again, it kind of gives you a little bit of a sense of really who could win a position. Like, again, financially, the team isn't going to give up on a player if they're due to give them a lot of money. Like, let's go back to 2020. Remember when Travis Fulgham was going nuts? Alshon Jeffrey got reinserted. And why was that? Because Alshon Jeffrey had a bigger deal. There was a lot more money guaranteed to him. Travis Fulgham had practice squad to... You know, obviously being part of the 53-man roster, small, minimum veteran contracts. So, I mean, it just, the details are in the contracts. And now that they're officially out with all the, like, you know, the exact money and all that stuff, you can learn from it. But before we get there, let's do our top 10 edge defenders. We'll start there because I think that's the one people think is the most fun to talk about. So, um, but before we do... Let's do what we do always. Let's go back to 2022. And let's see who we had as our top 10 edge defenders. And we're going to do defensive tackles in this uh, this one as well. So, um, like I said, but we'll start with the edge defenders. So, again, I don't know if I could... I had it listed as the end. Again, I'm not completely remembering if we called it edge defender, but... We're just going to do it anyway. So 10 was Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. Go figure, right? Robert Quinn. 9, Joey Bosa. 8, Cameron Jordan. 7, Hassan Reddick. So it was edge defenders. 6, Harold Landry. Uh, 5, Trey Hendrickson. 4, Nick Bosa. 3, Micah Parsons. 2, Miles Garrett. And 1, TJ Watt. Now this year. 10th going into this season. How about this? Could have went with Trey Hendrickson. I thought about that one. But I wanted to, like, this guy's in our division. He's not talked about really at all, but he's a really damn good player. And I, I mean, I guess you could do a tie with Hendrickson uh, here if you want, but I gave 10 to Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat is good. Like he's always like kind of just been under the radar because, you know, Chase Young was there and all this stuff, but it's like this dude is a player. Ninth, I went with another guy who just consistently puts up big numbers. Doesn't get enough credit for it is Matthew Judon for uh, the Patriots. Went from Baltimore to New England. Judon's been incredible. Um, eight, I went with Jalen Phillips from Miami. That guy is a wrecker down there. Uh, seven, I went with Von Miller. And the reason because, like, Von Miller has been nothing more than just a really consistently good football player for for Buffalo, for the Rams. I mean, obviously, you saw what happened to Buffalo last year. Their defensive line kind of went in the tubes once he got hurt. So, I mean, clearly Von Miller is a big part of that. 
Um, sixth, I went with Max Crosby. Now, five, I went with Miles Garrett. Now, I think the top five is pretty hard here. But I went with Miles Garrett, fifth. Fourth, I went with Nick Bosa. He was the defensive player of the year last year. Uh, third. So number three was Micah Parsons. Two, I went with TJ Watt, and I'm sure you figured it out at this point. Number one for me, Hassan Reddick. And here's why. And I know, like, again, I'm, we're not going to go into detail on all these players. They're all great players. I mean, if somebody has somebody else, you're fine. I mean, I'm not arguing anything. Here's the thing, though. I have Hassan Reddick, number one, because Hassan Reddick was so incredibly dominant in our most important games. Like, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year, right? In large part because of what Hassan Reddick did defensively in the playoffs last season. He was special. He was special. And again, the San Francisco game, that, that play alone where you know he takes out Purdy's arm. I, I mean, again, that, that's an unfortunate circumstance, but I mean, Hassan Reddick wrecked that game. He wrecked the Giants game early. I mean, like... This guy is just next level. Uh, I He's one of the great free agent signings the Eagles have ever had. Now, top 10 defensive tackles, but before we do, what did we have in 2022? I'm just going to give you a spoiler because I kind of saw already. It's a lot different. Um, I didn't list who I had 10 here for some bizarre reason last year. I, I may have, and I might have accidentally deleted it, but regardless... 10, I'm sure, was a decent player. 9, I had Javon Hargrave. 8, Kenny Clark. 7, Jeffrey Simmons. 6, Grady Jarrett. 5, DeForest Buckner. Uh, 4, Chris Jones. 3, Cameron Hayward. 2, Fletcher Cox. And number 1 was Aaron Donald. Now, this year. 10, I put Fletcher Cox. I get it. I know people will laugh at that. Listen, I'm a big Fletcher Cox guy. I'm always going to be a Fletcher Cox guy. It's the first time he's not in the top 2 for me ever. But um, I don't care. He's 10 for me. He's never leaving a top 10. As long as he's an Eagle, he's a top 10 player. Nine, DeForest Buckner from the Colts. Eight, I went with Dexter Lawrence from the Giants. Seven, I went with Jonathan Allen from the Washington Commanders. Sixth, I went with Christian Wilkins from Miami, who is, by the way, one of my favorite players. I love that guy. Um, five, Jeffrey Simmons from Tennessee. Four, Quinn Williams from the Jets. Three, Cameron Hayward from Pittsburgh. Two, Chris Jones from Kansas City obviously, and number one was Aaron Donald still. And again, Jones is getting in on him. I mean, really, Jones was unbelievable last year. You want to argue he's the number one guy? You sure can now. But um, I went with Aaron Donald still. I know he was beat up last year. Um, but again, that's that's one to monitor because that thing could flip very quickly this season. But that's it. That's the lists. Very subjective. Again, I think Jalen Carter's going to find himself onto that list next year, by the way. Um, I'd almost guarantee it. I think he's going to be that good of a player, but let's talk Eagles football. That's what this show is about, right? Let's talk about the Eagles, and I wanted to highlight really where we're looking at the questions about who's going to start and who's going to not, and I wanted to start at safety. I think that is by miles, by miles, the biggest position battle on this team, not just for who's going to make the roster, but who's going to start. There is nothing written in ink for any of that position at all, outside of the fact that Sidney Brown and Reed Blankenship are going to be on the roster. I'm honestly like that's the only two guys I would legitimately lock in as roster locks right now. 
And again, it's because of the contracts. A lot of this money, it's only like $600,000 guaranteed to Justin Evans, uh, Terrell Edmonds. Kayvon Wallace was a draft pick. You know what I mean? So it's like they don't want to quit on a draft pick. But if you ask me right now, who do I think the starters are going to be? I would tell you, I think the starters are going to be Sidney Brown and Reed Blankenship. And here's why. I think there are two best safeties. And I don't think it's particularly close. I, I mean, I get it. Edmonds has played for five years with the Steelers. He's played 75 games. I know Justin Evans is more of a if-he-could-stay-healthy type guy. And again, I get it. I, I don't know. Now, I will say this. I am not cutting Terrell Edmonds or Justin Evans. I think those are your four safeties. Even though Kayvon Wallace, I will be the first person to say I thought played a lot better last year. Now, was it starting caliber? No. Obviously, he, he, he that's just not it. But I mean, he had to play a couple times last season. And he was never, ever a person where you saw him on the field and said, that guy's causing an issue. It never happened. So I'm not even ruling him out. I'm telling you, he has a legitimate chance to make this team. But again, and again, the McCollum has a chance too. I mean, when it's all the way open, I mean, anybody could come uh, out of nowhere. Like Reed Blankenship was an undrafted free agent last year. He came out of nowhere and made the team. Um, but if I'm at sitting up here right now, my prediction would be that those are the two starters because I think Blankenship and Brown are the two best guys. But I'm not getting rid of Edmonds because if there's an injury, you know what I mean? Like you're only as good as your next player. And I want a guy like Edmonds on this team. And again, that doesn't mean he's not going to play. You know, we famously won a Super Bowl with Jim Schwartz because we ran a lot of three safety. And we have a new defensive coordinator in here who I hope is not a complete and utter imbecile like the previous one we had, who will understand ways to package players on the field to get the most out of your roster. Which you cannot rule that out either. Like there could be a lot of three safety looks. He could definitely do that. Maybe coverage linebacker style. You know what I mean? Like you bring one of those safeties up, you take a linebacker off the field. There's things that you can do. Justin Evans, obviously, he's a great athlete. But Terrell Edmonds, obviously, he's starter experience. That, to me, is so far and away going to be the most interesting thing to watch throughout training camp is the position battle at safety. And like I said, I am fully in, fully in on Sidney Brown and Reed Blankenship being the starters. I think that's where it's going to end up going. Now, another one, linebacker. And here's why linebacker is really interesting, because the projected starters are N'Kobe Dean, who's who is locked in. He is the starter no matter what. He is the, the, going to be the leader of this defense. In fact, I'm telling you this right now. Will you watch? You better put some damn respect on N'Kobe Dean's name. It gets nothing here. People are just Google and passing it over. Oh, I don't know how good he's going to be. He went in the third round. Like First of all, like he's going to be the first ever third round pick that's going to be worth a damn in the NFL, right? Um People fall too much in love with that. Oh, his size. Is he big enough? Is he injury prone? All the... He is an intelligent, instinctive, and exceptional football player. You know how I know he's an exceptional football player? From the little he did get to play last year, this dude has a nose for the football. He made plays in that Tennessee game when he went in there. And I'm telling you this right now, he is going to be better than TJ Edwards. And that's not a diss to Edwards by any means. Good for him. I thought he was, you know, obviously for where the Eagles got him as an undrafted free agent, for him to have the impact that he did was great. But I'm telling you, I think a lot of people overrated T.J. Edwards. I mean, I'm 
I did not think TJ Edwards was anything special against the run. I thought, in fact, he was kind of bad at it. In fact, the Super Bowl proved he was very bad at it. He was not an instinctual player in terms of stopping the run. Dean is. And Dean's an exceptional blitzer. And I'm telling you this, it's going to play to the strength of the defensive coordinator that we have here. If he really wants to get the most out of his players, remember, you have a weapon in N'Kobe Dean who could rush the passer. Now, who starts with them? Here's the thing about Nicholas Morrow. He is probably the favorite right now, right? But his contract is for zero guaranteed dollars. Now, again, that doesn't mean that, oh, they're going to 100% cut him, even though it's zero guaranteed dollar. That doesn't mean that. No, not at all. But I will say this. It does tell, the, uh, tell you that he's no means a lock to be a starter. That's clear and obvious. I think Christian Ellis is the second best linebacker on the team. I really do. And I'm telling you this right now. I would say Christian Ellis starting is more plausible than people want to believe. I'm not sitting here saying Nicholas Morrow ain't going to make this team. I'm not sitting here telling you that Van Sumeren um, isn't a guy to watch either. He definitely is. I mean, they gave him a lot of money as an undrafted free agent. But again, that's the thing, undrafted free agent. Are you going to really want to go with an undrafted free agent? Ellis has experience playing. He was exceptional in that Tennessee game as well last year. Morrow was a tackling machine for the Bears. I personally think it's going to be Christian Ellis and N'Kobe Dean. I think that Tennessee game that I... Go back and listen to that show, the post game after the Tennessee game. I was so raving about Ellis and Dean in that game for the little they played. They stuck out like sore thumbs at linebacker in a good way. And I'm telling you this right now, I'm all in on having those guys have another shot because I really want to see them play because I think they are our two best linebackers. Now, where's your other battle? Obviously, right guard, right? Right guard is a major battle because nobody knows who's going to be the fourth offense or the fifth offense lineman, right? I think it's going to be Tyler Steen. Now, I mean, I thought Driscoll, but I mean, I could just see it where they might want to go with Steen because they might be more comfortable with Driscoll being your swing tackle. Um, it's wild to me that the Eagles have not made another move in offensive line. I'm being honest. Like, there are guys out there. Taylor Luan, you know, DJ Fluker's getting um, a lot of workouts nowadays. Like, I get it. These guys might want to wait and see if somebody gets hurt. You know what I mean? They're not guys that necessarily need to be in training camp, even though I think they do. But, um, yeah, I mean... It blows my mind right now that we're sitting here and the best thing we got is Driscoll playing left tackle again because a lot of people thought last year that's not his strength. And I'm with you. I think he's stronger on the right side of the offense line. But that's kind of where it is. I don't think Jurgens is playing right guard at all. I think he's third in this contest, I'm being honest. I'm sure they're going to give him a look. Of course they are. Guys, he's going to be active on game day. You know what I mean? But I, I, here's the thing. I wouldn't be so much sitting here about Driscoll and, and needing to get a tackle if, let's say, Steen was playing left guard. But the fact that he's playing right guard is different footwork. They're not going to play him right guard, and if something happens to my line in the game, just kick him out the left tackle. That ain't going to happen. Because you're just asking for you know disaster with that. So I think Driscoll right now is your swing tackle. Jurgens ends up being your backup center, backup offensive guard during games. Obviously, Steen's in there. Um, that's seven offensive linemen active on a game day. It's going to be a, a position battle for who the eighth guy could be. Um, you know, whether it's Brett Toth, you know, that there's going to be a, a bunch of guys battling for that spot. That's the one thing this year is the Eagles don't, you're not sitting there going, oh man, they're 10 deep on the offensive line. They're not. 
which makes me think there might be a move coming there. And the other battle, um, obviously running back to me is a major one. I am not one of these people who believes that they're not going to keep five line, uh, running backs. I think it's possible they do keep five running backs. I really do. I sincerely think it's possible because, again, um, Trey Sermon is on such a good deal for them. And it's team controlled there for the next couple of years. So it's like you have Trey Sermon on this really friendly deal. You know, you only have Swift here for a year, Penny for a year, Scott for a year. You know what I like? To me, it's like you got a bunch of one-year guys. The only guys you have locked in right now are Gainwell and Sermon. So to me, it's like we're going to cut Sermon. And obviously, it's like, sure, but he's a young kid. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, I'm just not ruling that out. I mean, I don't think they're in the business of wanting to get rid of Rashad Penny. I mean, by the way, Rashad Penny could also kick return. I don't know if people know this, but he was he's got experience as a kick returner. And um, again, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to cut Boston Scott because of that or anything like that. But they understand that Swift and Penny have dealt with injuries, right? If they understand that, right, you're going to tell me straight up. They, they are aware that these two guys have dealt with some injuries, that keeping five is impossible because it sure as heck isn't. Now, yeah, you have to go light somewhere else, but I just told you they're light on the offense line. I'm not in the business of keeping Sue Opeta because we have to meet a quota. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how it works. You're not in the business of keeping another linebacker because you have to meet a quota. Those are the major, major battles. Yes, third quarterback is going to be a battle between Tanner McKinney and Book. Uh, fifth wide receiver is going to be a battle between, you know, obviously, Britton Covey, to me, I think is a lot because I think he's going to be the punt return, obviously. But okay, if you want to keep six, maybe even Joseph Nagata, you know, Charleston Rambo, Tyree Cleveland, all these guys, there's a bunch of guys battling for that spot as well. Devin Allen, you know, obviously he just had a big deal with the with the hurdles. But I mean, so yeah, there's a battle as well. And it's, I'm not sitting here saying that's not going to be interesting. Corner, for sure. Um, who's the backup slot? Who's going to be the backup outside corners? There are a lot of good battles on this team, but these battles I just highlighted are guys that are actually like game one going to be in line to be starters. And again, this isn't saying because if somebody gets hurt or whatever, like, trust me, the fifth running back thing, like if Sermon makes this team and let's say he does make the team and they go with four and yet they have to cut some, well, that affects who's probably going to potentially be your starter at, you know, at um, running back, right? So th that's why these things are all, Fun to look forward to. We're we're a month away from training camp, finally. You know, I mean, it's finally here. It feels like it was just ended. Because, I mean, when you do play in the Super Bowl, that is one thing. Like, the offseason goes quick. Like, you, you blink and you're already at the NFL draft. But, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic for the Eagles. I'm, their roster is really good. It is. Yes, their schedule is really hard. Sure is. But again, I keep telling people this. The schedule shouldn't scare you if you're one of the best teams in the NFL. Sure, you might lose a couple games this season. I'm not sitting here saying that that's probably not going to happen. I understand the realities of the NFL. But I'm also going to tell you this. The Eagles are arguably the best team in the NFL. 
And if you want to prove that, you have the opportunity to prove it against the best of the best all season. And there's a bigger difference playing a team in the regular season than there is playing them in the postseason. But I mean, really, if you're fearful of playing, let's say, Kansas City, I mean, really, we played them in the Super Bowl. We lost the game 38-35. Our defensive coordinator was a complete nitwit. Um, we had an absolutely screwy jump off sides that ended up causing the quarterback to fumble the ball. They scored a touchdown and gave him seven points. The referees called one of the most abysmal calls I've ever seen in the history of professional football. Heck, the history of professional sports. Heck, the history of any sport when they called that penalty on Bradbury that took the game from the Eagles. The absolute criminal thing that happened at the end of the first half that took the Eagles out of scoring a potential touchdown. And we can keep going on and on. The field being a train wreck that took away the our, our best defensive player from having any type of impact in the game. I mean, really, do you want me to continue? There were a lot of things that went the Chiefs' way for them to win by three. Three. So if you sit here and raise your hand and go, man, I'm fearful of the Chiefs, then you're a fool. I'm not sitting here saying, don't be scared like that they're really going to be good. They're gonna, Of course they're going to be really good. they got the, one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played the game. A tight end who's unguardable. But I'm not sitting here telling you that, hey, we didn't show like we could play with them. Spoiler, we could play with the Chiefs. Just like we could play with the Cowboys, just like we could play with the, the the Buffalo Bills, the 49ers. You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking forward to these games. I want to see where we stack up. You know, the year we won the Super Bowl in 2017, what, what sucked was the following year when we were just dog crap. And I know you could, oh, injuries. All, God, it, was, it was not good. And it made you like, it took away from that Super Bowl. I shouldn't say it took away. It didn't take a damn thing away from me. It's the best moment in the Eagles history, in my opinion, obviously. But it, it took away from feeling like we were going to go on this major run. Yeah, we got hot at the end of the year and almost did it, but it was like you almost had a backdoor, and you don't want to see that. I, I don't want to be a backdoor team this year. You want to be like, we're at the top. This is our conference now. This is our division, conference, league. That's what you want, right? The Chiefs are in it every year for a reason. What's stopping us from being them? What's stopping the Eagles from being what the Patriots were, right? You got the young quarterback. You got the young head coach. You know? You got the young, great defensive end. You got a great offensive line. You got the two best combo receivers in the NFL. An excellent tight end. A fantastic group of running backs to have a great running game. Your corners are a little older, but guess what? They're still damn good. A budding superstar potentially as an interior defensive tackle now. I mean, the, the, everything's there. So when I hear the whole schedule thing, I go, yeah, that's that's one thing, but these teams got to play us. Like, remember, they're, they're looking at the Eagles game going, damn, man, that's going to be a tough one. Like, that's the truth too. So next week, what we're going to do is... Obviously, we'll have some more news on the Eagles, hopefully. Um, we're going to do uh, top five corners. We'll do top, how about this? We'll do top 10 corners, top five slot corners. And then I also want to do, since 2000, because I want to think long and hard about this one, I'm going to come up with what I think are 
the best five mo- uh, moments for the Philadelphia Eagles since the year 2000. I, I know I could go team history, with it, but I'm talking like, I think 2000. I want to keep it relatively in recent memory for everybody so you could kind of appreciate it. We'll go top five since 2000. I know everybody knows what number one is. Yes, it's going to be when they won the Super Bowl, clearly. But is the domination of the 49ers number two? Is it the domination of the Vikings? You know, Is it the domination of the play in the end zone with Mills over Julio Jones? Is that two? You know, where does Nick Foles taking us on a playoff run in 2018... Yeah, like there's other moments. Where's Donovan McNabb in, in that 2008 team? Right? I said 2000, didn't I? Did we play in the Super Bowl in 04? What about when we beat the Falcons? You know, obviously the Dawkins hit on LG Crumpler to go to the Super Bowl to finally get over that three straight NFC championship losses. There's so many good ones in this. Like there's it, a top five. I might be able to do a top 10 and I may, I may switch it. But that's what we're going to talk about next week. So until then, I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go!